In this video, we're going over herbs that tonify the yang. This is the third section in our very large category, tonifying herbs. As always, we'll start by talking about the signs and symptoms that are associated with yang deficiency. Then we'll talk about the individual herbs. And finally, we'll just mention a few formulas where these herbs pop up. If you want to follow along, there are slides and flashcards you can download. Links to those are below. And this video is brought to you by the TCM Study Single Herb Review Course. So if you're studying for a big test like finals, year ends, or boards, and you want to review all of the single herbs in a quick and efficient manner, just hitting on the key points for each herb, check out the Single Herb Review Course, now available on Teachable. Links to that below as well. So for herbs that tonify yang, when you talk about tonifying yang, there are technically a few systems that we can talk about. We can talk about tonifying heart yang. We can talk about tonifying spleen yang. We can talk about tonifying kidney yang. Technically, we can tonify the yang of all these systems. But at least when it comes to this category, because we have the saying that the kidney is the root of all yin and yang in the body, when you talk about herbs that tonify yang, we're mainly talking about tonifying kidney yang. So basically, most of these herbs, when you talk about tonifying yang, they, they have the action of tonifies kidney yang. And by tonifying kidney yang, that will help yang in the other parts of the body. So we will have one or two that we specifically say warm the spleen yang, but this is a large, very large category, and most of these herbs are all about tonifying kidney yang. So let's take a look at what does kidney yang deficiency look like? So we can talk about the sinews and the bones. If there's not enough kidney yang, then we can have issues with uh, the sinews and bones. And to some extent, we can say that kidney yang is related to kidney essence as well. So that's maybe how we can think about this. But if a person has kidney yang deficiency, we might see things like lack of strength uh, in the sinews and bones, a feeble gait, as in you can't difficulty walking, or cold and painful knees and low back. Remember the kidney, uh, the kidneys are in the low back, so the kidney governs the low back, so you might see weak, sore, painful, and cold low back. And also the kidneys govern the lower jowl, they govern the lower body, and especially the knees. So we might see weak, sore, painful knees. And you can think of some of this as just um, the process of aging, that as people get older, their kidney yang starts to wane and they start to have some of these issues of low back pain, sore joints, a weak and feeble gait. You can maybe uh, connect that to issues of aging as well as the kidney yang starts to wane. Kidney, the kidneys are also in the lower jaw. They govern reproduction. And so we can see certain reproductive issues like low libido. You don't have enough, you don't have enough fire in your loins because your kidney yang is deficient. So poor libido and impotence or erectile dysfunction. We have infertility, both male and, and female infertility. Sometimes when you talk about male infertility, we can use the word, the term cold essence, as in the jing is cold. So it's not effective for fertility. Or with women, we can talk about cold in the womb, that if there's a deficiency cold or yang deficiency, that can cause infertility issues as well. And then if there's not enough kin yang, uh, there can be le issues about leakage as well. So when we say leakage of essence, we can mean things like seminal mission, premature ejaculation, spermateria, and things like that. And we may have mentioned this before, but sometimes we, t we relate this to the kidney chi as well. That sometimes we talk about kidney chi deficiency, that the kidney chi has an action of containment and holding things in. Um, but basically, we can maybe say that 
kidney chi deficiency is basically kidney yang deficiency plus leakage. So that could be leakage of fluids or leakage of essence. And so that's what um, some of these herbs will be taken care of is by tonifying kidney yang. We're taking care of some of those leakage conditions as well. On that same topic, we can have urination issues or issues with fluids. Remember that the kidneys have something to do with fluid metabolism. They transform the fluids. If you don't have enough kidney yang, there's not enough of that transformative action, and so the fluids won't be transformed. So we can get things like frequent urination or incontinence. Sometimes we say um, long voidings of clear urine. Uh, nighttime urination. Sometimes this is a question we ask, especially if we have male patients, when we, under that subheading of urination issues, we can ask, do you wake up frequently at night to pee? And so think about um, older men with prostate issues. We can uh, relate that to kidney yang as well. So nighttime urination, kind of the idea here is like nighttime is a yin time of day. So if the yang is not there, we can have nighttime urination. Or what's interesting is we can actually also have inhibited urination as well. So we'll talk about edema water retention with uh, inhibited urination. And kind of the idea here is on the one hand, maybe the kidney yang is deficient, so it's not transforming the fluids. So you just have a lot of fluids coming out. Um, so uh, copious urination, frequent nighttime urination, incontinence, the fluids are coming out. Or you can have the kidney is not transforming the fluids, but the fluids are stuck inside. So sometimes we can think about that. There's this gate at the urethra that when the gate opens, the fluids can come out. When the gate closes, that holds the fluids in. And so the, the opening and the closing of that gate, the, the force that powers that is the kidney chi. So if kidney chi or kidney yang is deficient, sometimes the gate gets stuck open and you have incontinence and the fluids are just coming out. Sometimes the gate gets stuck closed and the fluids can't come out. So you can have urinary retention. Again, sometimes you can think about like older men with prostate problems that they feel the sense of urgency, but then when they get there, uh, not a lot comes out. It's dribbling urination or it starts and stops and that's because that gate is stuck closed and it can't open. But if the fluids aren't coming out, they can uh, accumulate in the body and we can end up with edema and water retention as well. Then we can also talk about uh, spleen yang as well. And this is something that we said that most of these herbs are tonifying kidney yang, but some of them have a specific action of tonifying spleen yang as well. And kind of the idea here is that Kidney yang is supposed to warm the spleen. So it's like spleen yang and the warmth of the spleen depends on the kidney. So typically we say that spleen yang deficiency is rooted in kidney yang. In fact, this is kind of interesting when we talk about um, the, the five phases and the generation cycle. We normally say that fire generates earth. And if we take this very literally, what we mean is like the heart generates the spleen along the Shung cycle. But sometimes what we can say is when we say fire generates earth, we can also interpret that to mean that the fire of the kidneys, the Mingmen fire of the kidneys, generates the spleen yang. And so that's another way we can think about it, that spleen yang is dependent on kidney yang. So if we have kidney yang deficiency, that can eventually lead to spleen yang deficiency. And if we don't have enough warmth in the spleen, we basically end up that the spleen can't digest the food or transform the food, so we end up with those types of problems. So especially sloppy stool, there's not enough warmth in the spleen to 
you know, we call it the middle burner. It's supposed to cook down the food. There's not enough warmth there to, to cook and transform the, flu- the food and transform the fluid so you get uh, loose, watery, sloppy stools. Or we could even have early morning diarrhea. Sometimes we say diary- watery diarrhea with undigested food. So early morning diarrhea, this is sometimes called cox crow diarrhea, as in when you wake up in the morning because the rooster is crowing, so cox crow diarrhea. Or sometimes I've seen some translations where they call it fifth watch diarrhea. And I'm assuming that this is referring to if you were a guard on a tower, they had different watches. And so it's like the graveyard shift. And so fifth watch is referring to that early morning time of day. Anyway, we can have early morning diarrhea, and sometimes the way we explain this is that early morning when the sun is rising and the rooster is crowing, that's the time when yin is turning into yang. And so if your yang is deficient, all that stuff, that that loose, sloppy, watery stool is going to come out at that time of day because that's the, the transition of yin to yang. So that's something we would look for. A key symptom of spleen-yang deficiency would be early morning diarrhea. Uh, the kidneys are also su- supposed to supply the ren and the chong. Again, here we're saying that the kidneys govern the lower jiao. When you talk about kidney yang, we're also kind of talking about kidney essence. And um, so we can talk about lower jiao issues. And sometimes we, turn, we term this as instability of the ren and the chong or instability of the penetrating and conception vessels. And this is a way of explaining that we might have certain menstruation issues or lower jowl issues. So like flooding and spotting, so incessant bleeding. So during the period, you have profuse bleeding, a lot of blood, prolonged menses where it lasts for a long time. Normally, we expect the period to last five to seven days. If it's going eight, nine, ten days, we would call that prolonged menses or spotting between periods. And so this, this we could also kind of talk about this under the category herbs that stop bleeding. We can say one of the causes of bleeding is deficiency cold. So we can say if there's yang deficiency, that's deficiency cold causing instability of the penetrating conception vessels. And we get bleeding like flooding and spotting. So profuse menses, prolonged menses. Clear vaginal discharge. And so again, sometimes you can think about this as leakage of essence as well. So we can put this under Ren and Chong, or we can talk about that as leakage of essence. And so here we're talking about more like thin, clear, white vaginal discharge, profuse vaginal discharge without a strong foul smell. This is opposed to if we have a lot of... cold, damp condition, then um, it might be more thick and white. If we had a damp heat condition, it might have a yellow color and a foul smell. But since we're talking about uh, deficiency, this is going to be more like a thin, clear vaginal discharge. And then there's another interesting thing. We talk, um, you can use the term chi absorption. What we're talking about here is uh, lung issues. So there's, there's this idea that when you breathe in, the chi comes into the lung but then the kidney has to reach up and grasp that chi and send it down. So on the one hand, the lung has an action of depurative downbearing. It's supposed to downbear that chi, but the kidney is also supposed to reach up and grasp it, or the kidney is supposed to help absorb that chi that's coming in from the lungs. So if the kidney is deficient, there could, it could fail in this function of absorption, and we could end up with certain respiratory issues. So sometimes we use the phrase uh, chi absorption, that the kidney is supposed to aid in chi absorption, or we can be more be more straightforward and say the kidney is supposed to grasp the lung chi. So sometimes we have things of kidney 
failing to grasp lung qi, causing uh, certain respiratory issues like asthma, coughing, wheezing, and shortness of breath. And then we specifically say there's difficulty on inhalation. And this is just one of the way we differentiate between lung issues and kidney issues. So sometimes if the person, they're okay to inhale, but they have difficulty exhaling, they have difficulty pushing the air out. Like I think we see this like with emphysema, we might say that's more of a lung issue. Whereas if they have difficulty with inhalation, they have difficulty getting the air in, it might be more likely that's a kidney issue of the kidneys not grasping the lung chi. So we'll say, um, coughing, panting, shortness of breath with difficulty on inhalation. Or we can say more exhalation than inhalation. That's very easy for them to get it, the air out, but they can't get the air in. And again, kidney yang is also related to kidney essence. Kidney essence is more substantial, it's more substance, but it's stored by the kidney, and we relate this to kidney yang as well. So a lot of these herbs, in addition to tonifying kidney yang, they will also tonify kidney essence as well. So if we have deficiency of kidney essence, we can think about delayed development. I think we've talked about this before in the deficiency heat category, that sometimes this delayed development can lead to heat signs. Um, but you can think about that kidney essence has to do with growth and development. And so um, sometimes we talk about this with malnutrition. There can be failure to thrive, but sometimes there's just a constitutional deficit of kidney jing. And so we can uh, see these issues of delayed development. In Chinese, this is called the five delays or the five slownesses or the five weak or five uh, limpnesses, like your limp body. So these are things like delayed walking, delayed talking, um, delayed teething, delayed closing of the fontanelles. And these are talking about like normal development markers in children. If you if the child does not have enough jing or essence, then there might be delays in these things. But we can also talk about this as premature signs of aging. So you can think about some of those things like just the things that happen as you get older. Your kidney yang starts to wane. You're starting to, you're using up your stores of pre-heaven essence. You haven't been nourishing your post-heaven essence. And you start to get these premature signs of aging like early graying of hair, dizziness and flowery vision or blurred vision or floaters in the eyes, deafness and tinnitus wilting sinews and bones and a feeble gait. So again, some of this, these signs that come in with, um, you can think about as people get over, older, their kidney yang starts to wane and their kidney essence starts to wane as well. We look at the tongue and the pulse. The tongue is going to be pale and swollen. So this is kidney yang deficiency. So it's going to be, you're going to see cold signs. So that's why you see a pale tongue rather than a red tongue. And we say the tongue is enlarged or swollen, or sometimes they actually just say a fat tongue, pang shu in Chinese. And again, this has to do with the kidney is not transforming the fluids because the kidney yang is deficient. It's not transforming and moving those fluids. So uh, those fluids accumulate and it causes, it can cause swelling in the body, but can also cause swelling in the tongue as well. So a swollen or enlarged tongue is a sign that kidney yang is not transforming those fluids. The pulse is going to be deep, slow, and forceless. In terms of depth, it's going to be deep because this is an interior condition. It's going to be slow because, again, yang deficiency is a cold condition, and so there's not enough yang to move the blood through, so it's slow in terms of its speed, and forceless because this is a deficiency condition. So deep is interior, slow is cold, forceless is deficiency. Makes sense for kidney yang deficiency. 
So this is a slide in the notes. I think we covered everything here about these different signs and symptoms and relayed them to the uh, different functions of the kidney. Do we miss anything? Um, we can also say that these herbs are commonly combined with herbs that warm the interior. So this is the first category we looked at this semester. And so these two things kind of go together, tonifying kidney yang and warming the interior. So especially our herbs that have an action of warming the kidney or warming the lower jiao, like uh, futsa, aconite, and roguei, cinnamon. Those are often come up in our formulas that tonify kidney yang. And so sometimes people, students get confused here. They ask a question about what's the difference between warming the interior and tonifying yang? Well, a couple things. That one, remember when we talked about warming the interior, we said these herbs warm the interior and expel cold. So on the one hand, when we're warming the interior, we're dealing with both excess cold and deficient cold, and we're trying to disperse that cold. And number two, we're focused on the branch symptoms of cold. So we are trying to, to warm things up, but we're also just using the acrid flavor to disperse or scatter the cold. When we talk about kidney yang, we're only talking about yang due to deficiency. So it's only deficiency cold. Um, we're generally talking about cold. Again, we're generally addressing the kidney. When we talk about warming the interior, we can talk about warming the lung, warming the middle jowl, warming the kidneys, warming the liver channel. Here, we're mainly just talking about warming kidney yang. And um, number three, this is more focused uh, on the deficiency condition on the root cause. So instead of using the acrid flavor to disperse the cold, we're using the sweet flavor to tonify. So those are some of the differences. But we will combine these two that it's very often to use herbs that warm the interior with herbs that tonify yang. And then we also say that many of these herbs tonify kidney yin as well. And this is kind of a just a general treatment strategy that we don't want to tonify yang without tonifying yin as well. So we'll see this come up in our formulas that even our formulas that tonify yang, they'll have some, uh, some ingredients from this category, but we'll also use certain other herbs that tonify yin, like shu di huang, just to keep the formula balanced. And so we can think about this as if all we did was tonify yang, that would just create heat and burn things up and actually cause more problems. So sometimes we use this analogy for yin and yang. We talk about uh, a candle and a flame. And so if your flame gets too big, it's just going to burn away the candle. So if we're going to make the flame bigger, we need to also make the candle bigger as well so they stay balanced out. And so that's what we're going to do when we tonify yang. We're going to tonify yin as well to make sure that it has some substance that it can attach to and that it can be anchored by. So that's something we'll do in formulas, but that's something we'll also see a lot of these herbs tonify yang, but they also tonify yin, which is convenient that they can be very balanced like that. In terms of cautions, these herbs are uh, warm, acrid, and they can cause heat signs if used um, in too large of a dosage or too long-term or without creating balance in your formula. So this is another thing where sometimes, especially as people get older, they think, oh, I need to, I need to boost my kidney yang. I need to tonify my kidney yang and kidney essence. And so they start taking some of these things. But really, they just end up with heat signs. They end up with red eyes, bloodshot eyes, high blood pressure, and things like that. So that's something we have to be careful about. Either the dosage, how much we give, more is not necessarily better. We want to kind of warm things up slowly. 
And then we also want to pay attention to duration, that how long are we taking these uh, herbs for? If we take them long term, it might cause some problems. So when we look at the properties of these herbs, these herbs are, of course, sweet in flavor because a sweet flavor tonifies. This has been a common theme in our tonifying category. These herbs are going to be warm in temperature because we're tonifying yang. The main channels entered, like we said, we can tonify the yang of the kidney, spleen, and heart, but most of these herbs are going to enter the kidney channel. A lot of them will actually enter the liver channel as well, which we'll see, but we can say we're tonifying the yang of these three systems, but it's mostly the kidney yang. So I would think more about the kidney channel. Uh, precautions and contraindications, like we said, these are these herbs are warm and they can uh, cause heat signs if we use them in too large of a dosage or if we use them long term. And also kind of what's implied here, hopefully this is obvious, but like if the patient have it, has a heat condition, don't give them warm herbs. If a patient has yin deficiency with heat signs, don't give them warm herbs. So a lot of our cautions and contraindications for the individual herbs tend to be along those lines, but hopefully that's kind of obvious that if a person has heat signs, don't give them hot herbs. Hopefully you don't have to know that about every single herb. The main action is to tonify the yang of the kidney, spleen, and heart, but again, mostly the kidney. And then we'll have two or maybe three that also uh, tonify spleen yang as well. So that's something we'll want to pay attention to. But by and large, these tonify kidney yang. And like we said, they're often combined with herbs that warm the interior that we learned in that other category, especially futsa, Aconite and rogue cinnamon are very common to see in our kidney yang tonifying formulas. So when we look at this list of herbs, it's a very long list. There are a lot of herbs that tonify kidney yang, and I'm not sure if this is true or not, but kind of my, my conjecture around this is that um, most of the famous uh, old Chinese doctors, uh, and especially the ones, the scholars who wrote things down, they tended to be court physicians, that they were physicians to the emperor or to the nobility and the upper class. And so the types of patients they saw were very interested in tonifying kidney yang, that on the one hand, they, they wanted to make sure that they could produce an heir. And so it was very important for uh, these men in the noble class, they're like, I want to make sure my dick still works. So it was very it was very important for those court physicians to have uh, remedies for tonifying kidney yang. I think this also goes along with the idea that um, the alchemists and they wanted to live forever. And so, like we talked about, premature signs of aging. That especially this noble class that could afford these expensive or exotic herbs, they were interested in uh, retaining their youth and living forever. And a lot of these herbs uh, fall under that category as well. So I think it's just like a bunch of Chinese guys wanted to make sure their dicks were still working. And so that's why we just have all of these herbs that tonify kidney yang. This is a very well-researched category. So it turns out now we just have all of these herbs in this category. So it's a very large category. So hopefully when, you, when we go through these, we'll try to just touch on some key points for each one. I'm going to try not to go too in-depth in these because it's a large category. It starts to look very similar. A lot of them have very similar properties. So one way we can break this down is this is a chart that I stole from Chen and Chen. Chen and Chen, Chinese Herbology and Pharmacology. And what I really like about this book is this is, I think, one of the best books for review because at the end of each chapter, they have a chart where they group together the herbs and talk about what are the similarities and what are the differences. So this is a chart that I kind of stole from Chen and Chen. And so here, they're, uh, what they're doing is they're grouping this category based on its major 
function. And then in the category after that, we have the things that distinguish them or make them stand out. So we have some herbs that are tonifying kidney yang, mostly to take care of those respiratory issues for kidney not grasping qi. Then we have a group of herbs that are good for reproductive issues like infertility or impotence. And then we have a group of herbs that also um, tonify yin to strengthen tendon and bone. So we're talking about weak and sore low back, sore knees, a feeble gait. These herbs are good for strengthening tendon and bone. Then we have uh, just a small group of uh, two herbs that are good for spleen yang deficiency. So they're good for diarrhea due to spleen yang deficiency. And then we have a small group of herbs that's good for um, stopping leakage. So we can say secures kidney essence, and it's good for those things like seminal emission and vaginal discharge. So if you really just wanted to study the key points, I would look at this slide to help differentiate things. So you can kind of group the herbs together according to this major function. And then you can also look at some of the things that make, make them special, like some of these herbs brighten the eyes, some of these herbs calm restless fetus. So we'll talk about those things as well. So also when we go through these herbs, because they're grouped like this, I think this makes sense to group them like this, but this also means that we're not going to go in Bensky order. So if you are in class or if you study from Bensky, this is not necessarily the order that Bensky presents them in, but I'm doing it this way so that we can group them together by their common function. So hopefully that makes sense. If you want to skip the rest of this lecture, just look at this slide and I think you'll be good because again, this is a large category, so we're just going to hit on the key points. So our first one is Lu Rong Servi Corno Pantotricum. Lu Rong Servi Corno Pantotricum. And this is deer velvet. And so I, I want to specifically say this is deer velvet. Sometimes people say this is deer antler and it's a little bit different. So you can think about that deer each year they grow their antlers and then they shed them at the end of the season. And so this is the part at the very beginning where the antlers are not fully formed. They're not fully hardened or calcified. And so it's still, they're still in the process of growing. And that's what we mean by deer velvet. It's these younger antlers. And kind of the idea here is that you can think that this has really good regeneration properties. This is the doctrine of signatures for the, this deer velvet regeneration properties that each year the deer shedler, shed their antlers and then they regrow. And so we're getting this velvet while it's in the process of regrowing. And so it's like we're tapping into that regeneration process. And so because uh, deer, deer antlers are things that self-regenerate. We can use that as a substance to regenerate our bodies. So Lurong tonifies kidney yang, and it's good for all of those things that we mentioned. So fatigue, cold extremities, weak and low back, uh, urination problem, impotence. We also say it stabilizes the ren and the chong, or stabilizes the penetrating vessel and conception vessel for those lower jowl issues like uterine bleeding, flooding and spotting, vaginal discharge, infertility with cold in the womb. So um, we could just relate this to the kidneys or will some, some books will specifically say that Lurong has an action of penetrating the or stabilizing the penetration and conception vessels. So if you see that terminology come up on a question, you can know what, that's what it's talking about. Uh, Lurong also tonifies kidney essence as well, since as we could say these antlers, regrowing antlers are kind of like marrow or something like that. So tonifying kidney essence and 
In Bensky, he will also term this as this tonifies the governing vessel or this tonifies the dumai. So again, if you're ever on a test and you see something about the penetrating, the conception, and the do vessels, you can think Lu wrong. I think it's easier just to think of this as we're tonifying kidney yang and we're tonifying kidney essence, and we can just keep it simple and relate it to that. But when we say tonify kidney essence, we're talking about tonifying uh, strengthening tendon and bone for things like B syndrome, but also for atrophy uh, conditions. And it also can help heal long-standing sores and wounds. We talked about this in the tonify qi category and the tonify blood category. If we just don't have enough qi blood or essence to heal the wounds, then these wounds can be difficult to heal. So by tonifying that, we help with that healing process. And basically, the way we take this is interesting. Um, so Lurong is a very strong, very powerful yang tonic. It's also very expensive. So on the one hand, the dosage is very small, just one to two grams. The idea here is if you take too much of it, it will definitely cause those heat signs. So we want to be very uh, careful about the dosage and we want to monitor the patient as they're taking this, that it doesn't inadvertently cause too many heat signs. Um, Sometimes I would use an analogy that if, you, if you're trying to make fish sticks and you turn up the oven too hot, you think, oh, I'm going to turn it up to 500 degrees to get, this, to get these, this food cooked sooner. What you end up with is fish sticks that are burnt on the outside but still frozen on the inside. So we want to keep that in mind with our patients that we're not trying to apply too much heat too quickly and they just end up burnt on the outside but still frozen on the inside. So number one, pay attention to dosage. And then number two... The way we take this, I'm not sure it's technically wrong to cook it in decoction, but it looks very funny, and we might even say you're not using it to its full potential. So I'd say you really don't cook this in decoction. The way you would take this is you would grind it into a powder and then just swallow that powder with the decoction, or you would grind it into a powder and put it into a pill form. So I think that using this in decoction you're not using the herb to its full potential, and it's a very expensive herb. Good quality Lurong is very expensive, so um, you'll want to use it in pill or powder form. And then overtaking Lurong can lead to heat signs such as palpitations, headache, uh, bloodshot eyes, and nosebleed. So all this heat will move up into the upper body. Um, that heat can go into the heart and harass the heart, causing palpitations. It can move into the upper body, kind of like giving you yang rising of... Uh, heat in the head like headache, bloodshot eyes, and nosebleed, bleeding due to heat. So this, again, we want to be careful about our dosage and how long we take it. Uh, notice that it's salty in flavor because on the one hand, it's an animal product, and we tend to say that animal products are salty in flavor. But you can also think that the salty flavor goes to the kidneys. So that's another thing that this herb strongly goes to the kidney because of its salty flavor. And the name Lurong, Lu means deer, and Rong means like a bud or a sprout. So this isn't the full-grown antler. This is just when the antlers are budding or sprouting out. They're in that process of growth, and so we're, we're stealing that growth from them, like dark magicians who, who, take, who suck the life out of other animals so that we can live a longer, healthier life. But um, Lurong, deer bud or deer sprout. But then we also have another version of this called Lu Jiao Jiao, Servi Cornus Kala. Lu Jiao Jiao, Servi Cornus Kala, and this is deer antler glue. So um, Lu Jiao, that first Jiao means antler or horn, like we learned with um, 
Shui Nio Jiao is water buffalo horn, or Xi Jiao is um, rhinoceros horn. That second Jiao means glue, like we learned with U Jiao, is donkey glue. So this is deer antler glue. And this, I believe they take it from the fully grown horns. After the, after the antlers have grown and they've kind of solidified, we can um, uh, take those horns and then they, then they make a gelatin or a glue out of it. And so basically, this is pretty much the same as Lurong, but it's not as strong. It has a weaker action because instead of being the buds or the sprouts, it's after the antlers have already hardened. And so we're, we're not getting much of that growth and regeneration energy in it. So it's not as strong as Lurong. But it also has an action of stopping bleeding. So maybe you can think that this is similar to Ujiao, donkey glue. Sometimes I think about like if you get a cut, you can use glue to close the wound and stop the bleeding. Like if you get a small paper cut, sometimes people put super glue on there to stop the bleeding. You can think that donkey glue or deer antler glue also has an action of stopping bleeding. But basically... This is not as strong as Lurong, but it's also a lot cheaper than Lurong. So we'll see that, see it used in some formulas just because it's, it's kind of a cheaper and easier to take form. So again, the name means deer horn glue. Lu means deer. Uh, jiao means horn or antler, which we, we've seen a couple times. And the second jiao means glue, like the same as Jiao. We'll also see this pop up again with Guiban Jiao. We have turtle shell. Uh, glue as well. So that's Lu Jiao Jiao, cheaper, less effective, also stops bleeding. After that, another animal one is Jie, which is gecko. Jie gecko. This one also tonifies yang, uh, but it's definitely its specialty here is that this one tonifies kidney yang to treat respiratory problems for that situation of kidney unable to grasp lung qi. So we can say that Another way to word this is we say that this tonifies the kidney to aid in qi absorption from the lung. And so for kidney unable to grasp lung qi, for things like shortness of breath, wheezing, and asthma. Uh, and then we also just say it in general tonifies kidney yang, kidney essence, and kidney blood. Um, for th- Sorry, not kidney blood. Tonifies kidney yang, kidney essence, and blood. For things like impotence, morning diarrhea, frequent urination, all those things we talked about, but also tonifying kidney jing and tonifying blood as well. Again, this is an animal part, so it's very, it's much closer to the human body, and so it's very good at tonifying blood and essence as well. And um, kind of part of the idea here, again, is we're tapping into this regenerative aspect. You can think that geckos, maybe we should just say, the the most valuable part of the gecko is the tail. And so you can think that geckos have this thing where if their tail breaks off, they can regrow a new one. And so again, the tail aspect has this regeneration property to it. And so that's what we're tapping into when we use gecko, especially gecko tail. And what we we'll want to do here is ideally we want to use a pair of geckos, one male and one female. I think I've even seen sources that like you when they try to uh, kill the geckos while they're ma- while they're having sex while they're um while they're breeding that you like you get the you catch them in the act and that gives you more of that regeneration thing. I'm I'm not sure anybody does that in modern times, but you but it's still common that you want to use a pair, one male and one female. And then again the way we take this is 
I'm not sure there's anything necessarily wrong with cooking gujie in decoction, but again, we might say that either it just looks funny, or I had a Chinese teacher who would say, you're not using it to its full potential, that we just can't extract those medicinal qualities by cooking it in water. It's better to soak it in alcohol and make a tincture or grind it up and use it in pill form. So that's especially if we wanna use a pair of geckos, you can take one male and one female and then stick it in a vat and soak it in alcohol or take one male and one female and grind it into a powder and then evenly distribute it through your pills. So we do have, um, uh, there are like two or three different patent medicines, um, uh, like Gujie Bu Shen Tong, Gujie Tonify the Kidneys uh, pill, sorry, Wan, not Tong, Gujie Bu Shen Wan, and it's specifically for tonifying kidneys to treat these respiratory issues. So that's something you'll see in those patent medicines. Or you'll just see in certain uh, like spring wines or tinctures where you want to just people want to maintain vitality and live forever. Gujie is a very common ingredient that you'll take some good quality uh, ginseng, renshen, and some gecko and some other tonifying herbs and then soak them in alcohol. And then you have a, a wine that you can just take a shot every day to maintain your health. So that's usually the way we would take it is in alcohol. This one's also salty in flavor, again, because it's an animal part, part, but we can also think that the salty flavor goes to the kidney. And the entering channels are the kidney and the lung, because this is for kidney-grasping lung qi. Next is dong chong xia cao, which is cordyceps. Dong chong xia cao, cordyceps. And so this is actually a parasite that grows on a caterpillar. And uh, this is another one that this is actually, you know, I mean, I, I think good quality lurong is fairly expensive. Dongchong Xiaozhao is prohibitively expensive. I think there's like a, a club of rich people in, in Chinese that they've kind of cornered the market on Dongchong Xiaozhao. And so real Dongchong Xiaozhao is just probably not available to most of our patients. Uh, they do have a synthetic form, but I think it's not, it's not considered to be as good. But Dongchong Xiaotao tonifies kidney yang for impotence, sore, back, uh, sore and weak low back, all the things we talked about. And this is kind of interesting that we can also say that Dongchong Xiaotao enters the lung channel and treats lung issues, but we, we're more saying that it tonifies lung yin and redirects rebellious lung qi downward. So it's still good for chronic cough, wheezing, or cough with blood streak sputum. But according to Bensky, this is not a situation of kidney grasping the lung qi. This is more a situation of redirecting the, the rebellious qi downward. Um, there are other books that they don't specifically say that, but they don't necessarily use this terminology of uh, qi absorption. And so this this makes it kind of difficult where where if you would say, does Dong Chong Xiaozhao treat uh, respiratory problems? The answer is yes, but... I just say this because a lot of times people like to ask this question about which herbs specifically have this action of tonifying kidneys so that the kidney can grasp the lung qi. Technically, according to our textbooks at least, Dong Chong Xiaotao does not have that function. It still treats lung issues, but it's for lung issues due to um, lung yin deficiency and rebellious lung qi. So that's just something to point out. And then the, the name means Winter bug, summer herb. So dong means winter. We learned this with like dong guaza is winter melon seed. Xia means summer, like 
Ban Sha means half summer, so winter bug, summer herb. Um, I think this is the idea is that the, the caterpillars come out in the winter, but then they get infected with this parasite. And so the parasite eventually grows and kills the caterpillar and hardens it. And that and then it's harvested in the summer. So winter bug is the caterpillar. Summer herb is when we harvest uh, the actual Dong Zhong Shatsao. And like I said, this we don't learn any formulas where Dong Chong Shatao is an ingredient. It's usually taken as a single herb. It's one of those that, because it's very expensive, it's cooked in a double boiler, uh, cooked for a long time, and it's 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 probably out of reach for most people to take on a regular basis. I did work at one clinic where they sold uh, real Dong Chong Shatao and they sold it for a hundred dollars per caterpillar. And he, then he actually told me like, we're not actually making any money off this. I'm, I'm selling them at cost just to, just to certain patients because, uh, they, they could benefit from it and they can afford it. But most people would not pay a hundred dollars for a cup of caterpillar tea. So it, it might be out of reach for most of us or most of our patients. So that's Dong Chong Shatsao Cordyceps. Next is He Tao Ren Juglandus Semen. This is walnut. So uh, here we're still in the subcategory of herbs that tonify kidney yang, but also treat respiration issues. So he tao ren tonifies kidney yang for all the things we talked about, like cold and painful low back and knees, frequent urination. I think um, I've read certain books about men's health where they often give this as food therapy for men's health condition uh, issues like erectile dysfunction that it's very easy to take as food therapy. But then we can also say it warms the lung. And this one we do say it's for respiration issues due to kidney not grasping lung qi. So, so far we have two. Ge Jie and He Tao Ren are good for kidney unable to grasp lung qi. And then also because it's a nut, it's very oily. So it moistens the large intestine to relieve constipation. So we can think that Ren means nut or just walnuts are oily. You can actually go to the store and buy walnut oil and cook with it. But because it's oily, it will lubricate the large intestine to relieve constipation due to dryness. Um, he Tao Ren is walnut. I say here it's only used in food therapy. Bensky actually gives a dosage recommendation. I think he says three to nine grams in decoction and then nine to 30 grams as food therapy. Honestly, I've never seen He Tao Ren used in decoction. I don't know of any. We don't learn any formulas where this is used. I've never seen this. Anybody actually cook this in decoction, but it is very common to give it as food therapy. Again, I've seen this for men's health. We'll, we'll, they, they just say, eat 30 grams of walnut every day. Or this is something that you can recommend as food therapy to your patients, either if you want to tonify the kidneys or if you just want to moisten the large intestine. If you have a patient with constipation, a, a very common thing you do is I feel like people in America or people in the West don't really eat congee. Some people are really into prescribing congees or rice porridge. I don't think anybody in the West has the patience to cook a congee. But you can maybe as an alternative, you could recommend oatmeal. And so if you want to tonify things, maybe you can give a nice oatmeal where you can say cook some oatmeal and then add in some walnut and that will help lubricate the large intestine. You can say add in some honey like we talked about in the tonify chi category. Honey tonifies chi and also moistens the large intestine. You could add in some gochitsa if you wanted to tonify yin as well because like we said, we like to do yin and yang at the same time. You can add in some cinnamon to warm the interior. If you're 
if you're open to it, you later we'll talk about black sesame. You could add in some ground black sesame. You might have to order that online. You might not be able to uh, find that in a grocery store. But this is this is a very easy way that something that's very much easier for your patients to take is just get some oatmeal with walnut, honey, cinnamon. Might be easier than taking a kanji. You can use that for tonifying yin and yang, or you can use it for as sort of a natural remedy for constipation. If the patient doesn't want to take an actual formula for constipation, you can add in some of these oily things to help lubricate the large intestine to relieve constipation. So that's he tao ren. The other thing we should know about this is one of the names is he tao ren. Another very common name is hu tao ren. So sometimes you'll see it both ways. In some textbooks, uh, in Bensky, he calls it he tao ren. In a lot of other books, they just call it hu tao ren. And you'll see this in other uh, formulations where they say hu tao ren. The word hu, again, means uh, foreign or barbarian. Like same thing with chai hu. So hu tao ren means barbarian peach kernel. Tao ren is peach kernel. We learned that in the invigorate blood category. So hu tao ren or he tao ren is walnut. So it's another one that is for kidney grasping lung qi, also moistens the large intestine. So that was our kind of subset of herbs that are good for treating respiratory problems due to kidney uh, kidney yang deficiency. Again, here we could say that dong chong sha cao doesn't actually help grasp qi, but it does help redirect the rebellious qi downward. So all of these are good for coughing and wheezing or respiratory problems. After that, we have a subset of herbs that is good for uh, tonifying kidney yang for certain reproductive issues, things like um, fertility issues, either male or female infertility, or um, things like uh, men's health issues like uh, impotence, erectile dysfunction, or other things like uh, um, fl the flooding and spotting and women's health issues. So these ones are more for these reproductive disorders. So our first one is Ro Tsong Rong, Sestanches Herba. Ro Tsong Rong, Sestanches Herba. So this one tonifies kidney yang, essence, and blood. And again, especially for reproductive disorders like impotence, spermatorrhea, so like leakage of uh, essence, and infertility due to deficiency cold in women. So cold in the uterus or cold in the womb because there's not enough kidney yang warming uh, the uterus. The other thing we should know is Rotong Rong moistens the large intestine to relieve constipation. So this would be for constipation due to kidney yang deficiency. So this is kind of an interesting pattern because normally when we talk about kidney yang deficiency, we say that because the kidney is not transforming the fluids, we end up with things like watery diarrhea, that cockscrow diarrhea, early morning diarrhea, that's sloppy stool and loose and watery. But here what we're saying is that kidney yang deficiency can end up with constipation. So what's going on? Well, here it's, it's kind of a weird pattern and kind of the idea is, is that because the kidney is not properly moving the fluids, because kidney yang is deficient, it fails to move the fluids. And so there's just not enough fluids in the large intestine to moisten the stool and you end up with constipation. So it's kind of like the fluids are there, there are fluids in the body, but they're just not in the large intestine because the kidney yang is not moving them properly. So that's how we end up with constipation due to kidney yang deficiency. And I just like to point this one out because this is the chief herb in a formula that we're, we'll learn called ji chuan jian, a benefit the river decoction, where it's specifically for constipation due to deficiency. We might combine it with other herbs that we learned like 
Dong Gui, Angelica sinensis, we also said is for constipation due to blood deficiency. So here we're talking about constipation due to those types of deficiency. And I always like to just point this out because um, because of a patient I had once. She was actually a friend of mine in school, and she just stopped in my clinic one day, and she was having all these issues. She was like, I'm tired, I'm depressed, um, I'm in sleeping 12 hours a day, and I still feel tired, I have no energy, I can't take care of my family, I have a lot of low back pain. She had that feeble gait where she was kind of limping in, she just had a lot of low back and knee pain, lower body pain, and she was just tired and depressed. It was so bad that she actually went to a doctor and the doctor prescribed her antidepressants, and she didn't want to take them, she was afraid to take them. Um, because a lot of times once you get on antidepressants, it's very difficult to get off of them. You can't just stop them. But, like Bad things can happen. So she she was just afraid to take them. And then, on, then she was like, on top of that, she was constipated. That um, she, if she didn't do anything, it would be, she would go an entire week without having a bowel movement. She started using uh, laxatives, but the she had to use the suppository. So instead of like just taking some fonchier, she actually had to use a, uh, a rectal suppository and so she would do that every three days and that made her even more depressed and so anyway this page she was crying and so um i it turns out i had just ordered some rotong wrong and so i made her the formula jichuan jian and gave her that one because she was also having signs of kidney yang deficiency i added in some shu di huang because it tonifies kidney essence and just i knew from her history that that would be good for her and she came back a week later and said, I'm good. Do I still need to keep taking the herbs? And I was like, yes, you still need to t keep taking the herbs. You can't like tonify kidney yang. Kidney yes, you, you need more than a week to tonify the kidneys. Um, so another week went by and she came back and she said, yeah, I'm good. I don't need to, I don't need to continue the herbs. That if she was sleeping a normal amount, her energy had gone back to normal. Her back pain had gone away. Um, she had got, she had never taken the antidepressants. She had just gotten rid of them and she had gone back to having a, she had, I think she was having a bowel movement every other day, but she was not using those laxatives. So, so this one, when I, I would always say to students, when I point this out where, when I emphasize this function, I'm not just saying that because I like to nitpick with these small details. I'm saying that because I, I was able to help a patient because I remembered that Rotsong Rong is very good for uh, constipation due to kidney yang deficiency, which is a very peculiar pattern. So anyway, that's why I remember about Rotsong Rong is it tonifies yang, especially for uh, reproductive issues, but it also does have this action of moistening the large intestine to relieve constipation. Uh, when you look at it, it's one of those like sticky black roots, kind of like Shu Di Huang. So you can think of that because it's black in color, it's good for going to the kidneys. But I've also some, heard some people say that uh, this herb sample, when they look at it, they're like, this looks like poop. It makes you poop. So that's Rotong Rong, Sustanchi's Herba. After that is Swole Yang, Sinomori Herba. Swole Yang, Swole Yang. I'm not very good with tones, sorry. Sinomori, I'm trying, but I'm not very good. Swole Yang, Sinomori Herba. So this one tonifies kidney yang, especially for reproductive problems like impotence or fertility issues. And I would say that this is something that maybe the textbook doesn't emphasize, but something that my Chinese teacher emphasized is that um, when you talk about these reproductive issues, we all we are also talking about leakage conditions like 
um, seminal emission, seminal emission, miscarriage, incontinence, and uh, issues of kidney leakage. And the reason for this is the name swul yang means locking yang. So it's like we're locking the yang in so it can't leak out. So this is something that I don't think this is emphasized in the textbooks, but you will see this show up in, in a lot of uh, formula modifications. If you have issues of leakage, sometimes it's very common to use swul yang to help retain that leakage because the name means locking yang. This also tonifies liver and kidney in to strengthen tendon and bone. This is a function we've seen before, but especially for atrophy disorder. And this is another one that moistens the large intestine to relieve constipation, especially for constipation due to qi or blood deficiency. So um, swo yang, again, the name means locking yang or yang lock. So you can think of that it locks in the yang to prevent leakage. But I would say you should especially remember that this is for reproductive issues. We're in that subcategory. Next is ba ji tian, morindi officinalis radix. Ba ji tian, Morindi officinalis radix. So this one tonifies kidney yang for reproductive issues. Things like impotence, infertility, premature ejaculation, frequent urination, irregular menses. But this also um, treats B syndrome. That um, We talked about that at the beginning of herbs too. We had that category of herbs that dispel wind dampness to treat B syndrome. There we said that there are a couple different ways that we can address B syndrome. We can just uh, use the acrid flavor to push out the wind cold damp. We can um, unblock unblock the channels, uh, relax the sinews and unblock the channels, or we can tonify liver and kidney to strengthen tendon and bone. So this one is tonifying liver and kidney in to strengthen tendon and bone to treat B syndrome. So Ba GTN, good for reproduction, good for B syndrome. Um, oh, Ba GTN, it's only slightly warm. Ba, GD, ba GTN, good for reproduction, good for B syndrome. Yin yang huo epimedia herba. Yin yang huo epimedia herba. This is horny goat weed. So this is something you may have seen in the West. Um, if you're a guy, maybe you've been in a shady gas station bathroom and on the wall they had a little uh, vending machine where you could buy tablets of horny goat weed. This, comes, this is a Chinese herb called yin yang huo. Uh, most people call it horny goat weed. I think it's funny. Uh, Bensky's translation is licentious goat wart. And so the term licentious means like a uh, promiscuous. So this is for the, your goats are promiscuous. I think that, I think kind of the story here is this was an herb that was like, it was just a leaf that was growing and, uh, some shepherd had his, had his goats or sheep around and they started eating this leaf and then they were much more, uh, much more promiscuous after eating the, this leaf. So that's something they, they observed with uh, their flocks and they figured, oh, we can try this in, in, with humans as well. So yin yang huo, because the name is horny goat weed, it's of course good for uh, sexual issues like uh, low libido or infertility by warming kidney yang treats those um, reproductive issues, especially low libido infertility. And this is kind of an interesting one that um, there are some sources that say that in order for this, in order for it to have this function, you have to fry the leaves in mutton fat. Um, I asked a couple of my Chinese teachers about this and they had never heard of this, but there is a, there is something in Bensky where he says that uh, he, he quotes some, um, some old text where a, where a famous physician said that if you want to use it for this purpose of, uh, 
uh, treating low libido or enhancing sexual function, you can't just take the raw herb. You have to you have to fry it in mutton fat first. So I don't know. Give that a try and let me see and let me know how it goes. This is also another one that dispels wind cold damp to treat B syndrome. So it's all good, also good for B syndrome. And this is one that n- that's not in the books, but I think it's important to point out that yin yang huo by modern research, it also uh, has an action of lowering high blood pressure. So at least in uh, Bensky and uh, Wiseman and Brand, they don't really mention this function. But I think if you look in Chen and Chen, they have a little bit more of the modern research surrounding herbs. And so... I think they do mention that this lowers high blood pressure. But basically, we have a modern formula where this herb comes up for this purpose. So that's why I like to point it out here, and we'll talk about that more with the next herb as well. But I but I would add on that function that it by modern research, yin yang huo also lowers high blood pressure, especially for high blood pressure during pregnancy or menopause. And then also, this is interesting that there's a note in Wiseman and Brand that, that says that uh, another modern application for this is it can treat coughing and wheezing due to kidney deficiency. So this is another interesting one that when I was in school with my chi- with my herb teacher from China, this is another one where he said that yin yang huo treats respiratory problems. But when we look in the textbooks, actually Bensky, at the very end of the chapter, he actually specifically says yin yang huo does not treat respiratory problems. But then you go to other books and they say that this is a modern application that it can treat respiratory problems. So this is one where it's going to it's going to depend on uh, which source your your teacher uses that Bensky will specifically say that yin yang huo does not treat respiratory problems. There are some books that say there's some modern research that says that it does. So either way. Um, but if you get a question about does yin yang ho help with kidney grasping lung chi, I'm not sure how you should answer that. So sorry about that. The other important thing to know is that yin yang ho also goes by the name xian ling pi, which means immortal, uh, immortal spirit spleen. So xian means immortal. Ling is like the ling shu where it means like spiritual or divine and pi here, it, it actually means spleen. It doesn't mean like skin or bark. It means spleen. So yin yang huo also has the name xian ling pi, which we'll talk about again in the next one. And this is just, it's good to keep this in mind because sometimes if you're looking up a formula, the formula, it will use the name xian ling pi. So I've had this happen in clinic where somebody copied a formula out of a book and then they said, oh, xian, what's this herb? Xian Ling Pi. We don't have this. What is this? And I would say, oh, Xian Ling Pi. That's just another name for yin yang huo. Just use yin yang huo. So that's something that is probably important to know. We'll talk, again, we'll talk about that in the next one. And then um, yin yang huo. Yin means horny, licentious, promiscuous, or lewd. Yang can actually mean sheep or goat. We usually translate it as goat. But when you talk about like um, yang roh, sometimes like lamb, lamb meat or goat meat. We can use the word yang. And then huo is lophanthus. I think this is a, a, a particular type of plant. So anyway, yin yang huo, horny goat weed. It's called horny goat weed. Makes you horny. Next is xian mao, kerkuliginous rhizoma. Xian mao, kerkuliginous rhizoma. So this is also one that tonifies kidney yang, and we're in that subsection of treating reproductive issues. So impotence, infertility, frequent urination and irregular menses. Um, so either like, yeah, re- reproduction issues and also that stability of the Ren and the Chong stuff. Um, 
so we say infertility, um, infertility in men or women. So with women, we can say there's cold in the womb or deficiency cold, cold in the uterus. And then for men, we could say that there's cold essence, that your jing is cold. So it's not, it's not working right. So we say uh, infertility, this could be male or female infertility. This also dispels wind, cold, damp, strengthens tendon bone to treat B syndrome, especially for low back and knee pain. So they, again, we're tonifying kidney yang. The kidney kidneys govern the low back and the knees. So we're treating the B syndrome as well. And this is another one that it may not be mentioned in the books, but modern research shows it has an action of lowering high blood pressure. And so the reason I point this out is this herb is called xian mao, which means immortal, um, immortal grass. Xian means immortal. Our previous herb also goes by the name xian ling pi. When we put these two together, we can call this the two immortals decoction, our xian tong, two immortals decoction. So the two immortals are xian mao and xian ling pi. And this was a modern formula that in a traditional way, we could say that it's good for both kidney yin and yang deficiency, but it was specifically formulated for hypertension during menopause. And so that's why I point out this action of lowering high blood pressure, because later we'll learn a formula where these two herbs are used together for high blood pressure. Also, um, Xian Mao is... Uh, it is, it is toxic, so we have to monitor its use that you don't, it's not for long-term use, and also you don't want to go above this uh, 12 grams. So notice that the dosage is in the normal range, but you want to stay in that normal range if you, um, if you go above that. There might be, you might have some issues. So the name uh, Xian Mao means immortal grass. Xian means immortal, that... Um, that Chinese character, the, the thing on the right is a mountain, the thing on the left is a man. So it's like uh, when Taoists would go to the mountain to become immortal, that's what that's what this Chinese character means. Uh, men living in the uh, person living in the mountain where it was they might have been a Taoist immortal. So maybe you can think that if you're immortal, if you want to be immortal, you got to make sure you're fertile. You can you're you're living vicarious through your ch vicariously through your children. So the way you become immortal is by having children, and you also want to like live forever. So you don't want the the weak low back and knees as you get older. So it takes some xian mao to do that. So those are our herbs that are especially good for reproductive issues. And then if you see over there on the right, we said that the first two are also have an action of moistening the large intestine to relieve constipation. And then the last three also have this action of treating B syndrome as well. So that's maybe some important secondary functions you should know there. After that, we're getting into a, a subsection of herbs that tonify liver and kidney to strengthen tendon and bone. So that's kind of the theme of this next group of herbs. So we'll start with Du Zhong Eucomia Cortex. Du Zhong Eucomia Cortex. And this is the bark of the Chinese rubber tree, or at least that's, I think it's colloquially known as the Chinese rubber tree. I think there are other species of rubber tree and it's different from African rubber tree. But anyway, this is, this is a, the bark of a tree that's known as a Chinese rubber tree. And this one, if you get out your herb sample, um, basically this is where they, where they get rubber from. That has, the bark has some natural latex in it. So if you get out your sample, it has these pieces of bark, but then you can kind of stretch it out and you can see the stretchy latex between these, between these pieces. So maybe you can stretch that out and look at that latex and think that, that 
that rubberiness looks like tendons. So dujong, because it has this latex, because it's stretchy like a tendon, it's very good for strengthening your tendon and bone. So it tonifies kidney yang for all those things that we talked about. But its specialty is that it tonifies liver and kidney to strengthen tendon and bone, especially for low back pain and low back weakness. So dujong has a very famous action of strengthening the low back. Dujong, this action is so famous that even if you even if you're not an herbalist, uh, they sell this just in Chinese markets. Usually, if you go to a Chinese grocery store, they have one aisle that has some common Chinese herbs in it. Dujong is there because it's very commonly used as a remedy for strengthening the low back. As people get older, they tend to have low back pain. So Dujong, very famous action of strengthening the low back. Dujong also calms restless fetus to prevent miscarriage. So this is another one that stands out, something we could definitely remember. We can add it to our list of other herbs like Zitsuye, Huangqin, Sha Ren. Here we have another one that calms restless fetus to prevent miscarriage. Um, especially when there's deficiency cold with bleeding. Remember when we talked about herbs that stop bleeding, one of our causes of bleeding was deficiency cold, that there's cold, especially cold in the spleen, and the spleen can't hold in the blood and you get, get bleeding. So dujong would just be especially useful for bleeding during pregnancy due to deficiency cold. And dujong also has an action of lowering high blood pressure. This is another one that I think this one, the function is actually is mentioned in Mensky, that by modern modern research it can... Um, treat some of those symptoms, which is a little bit interesting because a lot of times we think of high blood pressure like liver yang rising. So it's kind of interesting that something that um, tonifies yang can actually lower high blood pressure. But that is another reason why sometimes it will be used as a home remedy. So that's du zhong, eucomia cortex. For this one, I would think about that when you take your sample, it's stretchy. That looks like a tendon. Du zhong looks like a tendon. It's good for strengthening your tendons. Du zhong has a very famous action of strengthening the low back. Next is Shu Duan Dipsaki Radix. Shu Duan Dipsaki Radix. This is Japanese teasel root. I don't know much about plants, so I don't know what that means, but sometimes I say this to people, and they're like, oh yeah, a teasel, teasel plant. I know what that is. So Japanese teasel root. This one, we're in the section where it tonifies liver and kidney to strengthen tendon and bone. So for sore, um, sore and painful low back, stiff joints, weak legs. So this could be, um, it strengthens tendon and bone for, uh, for deficiency as you're getting older and your kidney yang starts to wane that um, taking this can strengthen tendon and bone to help with that sore and weak low back. But it also strengthens tendon and bone for injury and trauma or for bone fracture. Then we go on to say that it invigorates blood, reduces swelling, alleviates pain, and reconnects sinews and bones. For injury and trauma, for like a bone fracture and, and issues with that, we can we can be taken internally in decoction or applied externally, like in a liniment, like in the dit de jiao. So basically my point here is that shu duan is good for strengthening tendon and bone. This could be it strengthens tendon and bone for soreness and weakness due to deficiency, or it strengthens tendon and bone in cases of injury and trauma. It does both. It's good for tendon and bone. And then this is another one that calms restless fetus for bleeding during pregnancy, restless fetus, and threatened miscarriage. So, so far we have two in a row, du zhong and shu duan, both calm restless fetus to prevent miscarriage. 
And the name here is Reconnect the Broken. So if you remember that Shuduan, the name means Reconnect the Broken, it's good for broken bones and injury and trauma, but also strengthens tendon and bone for cases of deficiency. After that is Gu Sui Bu Drynariai Rhizoma. Gu Sui Bu Drynariai Rhizoma. And so this is another one that tonifies the kidney to strengthen bone. Uh, for weak low back and knees, um, it also treats other uh, symptoms like diarrhea, uh, other yang deficiency. And then we specifically say it's good for loose teeth, which is kind of interesting. But you can think that the teeth are the bones, so the teeth still go to the kidney. So we actually do have a formula that's when you have kidney deficiency, you, you can have bleeding gums and loose teeth. Um, it doesn't it doesn't use this herb, but it's a, a jade woman decoction. And so... Um, uh, Bensky does make a note that this directs floating yang back downwards, so we can think that we have uh, tinnitus and loose teeth. There's too much yang going upward, so this redirects back downward. But I think about Gu Sui Bu strengthening tendon and bone. And again, we say it invigorates blood and joins tendon and bone. So this could be for uh, tendon for bone issues due to deficiency or for bone tendon and bone issues due to injury and trauma. It does both. So either you got old. And uh, now your now your tendons and bones don't work, or you got hit by a truck and now your tendons don't work. Then we also say it stimulates hair growth. This is something in there that um, some some books say this that you can use it uh, topically to help stimulate hair growth, and some books also say it's used topically for vitiligo. Um, this is one of those things where sometimes I get people say like, "Oh, do you have any herbs that can treat baldness?" And I'm just kind of like. Well, you've seen bald Chinese people, right? I mean, if, if we really had herbs that could reliably cure baldness, one, I would be a lot richer than I am, but also like you wouldn't, you just wouldn't see bald Chinese people. So we say that it stimulates hair growth. I'm not sure it, 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 it works very effectively. Um, same thing with uh, vitiligo. We have a, a few um, herbs that say it can be used topically to treat this, but I've had people say that it's, mm, it doesn't have a very reliable action, so maybe it will work and maybe it won't. But Gu Sui Bu, the name actually means bone fracture mender. So that's what I'd uh, concentrate on is this strengthens the bones, reconnects tendon and bone. Its name is bone fracture mender. So this is, again, if you're old and your kidneys are starting to wane, uh, this can be good for uh, tendon and bone issues due to deficiency or it can be good for tendon and bone issues due to injury trauma. Similar, Go Ji. Chibati rhizome. It's probably not pronounced chibati, but I'm thinking of chibata bread. Go, oh, sorry. Go, G, uh, chibati rhizoma. Anyway, this is another one that strengthens tendon and bone for weak low back and legs. It also uh, expels wind cold damp to treat B syndrome and can also warm kidney yang to stop leakage. So incontinence, vaginal discharge, and spermatorrhea. This one, the name means dog, dog spine. So goji will make your spine as strong as a dog's. Um, so maybe that's a way you can remember it. So basically, these last, these last few that we've learned all have names that have something to do with healing tendon and bone. So hopefully that's a way you can remember it. That shuduan is reconnect the broken. It's good for tendon and bone. Um, Gu Sui Bu is bone fracture mender. It's good for tendon and bone. 
Goji is dog spine. It makes your spine as strong as a dog's. It's good for tendon and bone. And a lot of them, this can be tendon and bone issues just due to deficiency as your kidney yang is waning, or it can be good for tendon and bone due to injury and trauma. So that's how I would remember this group of herbs. After that, we have huluba, trigonelli semen. Huluba, trigonelli semen. And this is fenugreek seed. So maybe this looks familiar to you. Fenugreek is something um, I see it used a lot in Indian cooking. I'm not sure if it's used in other cuisines as well, but I especially use it in Indian cooking. Remember the, the character who means foreign or barbarian. And so huluba tonifies kidney yang and disperses cold. And if I were to remember one thing about this, I would remember hernia pain or Shan disorder. Um, so again, we, we learned other herbs like this in the warm the interior category, herbs like um, uh, Wu Yao, it was in the regulate qi category, Wu Ju Yu, and Xiao Hui Xiang, some of these herbs that warm the liver channel uh, to treat Shan disorder or hernia pain. So for Hulu Ba, it tonifies yang and warms the interior. I would, I'm not sure this is a very commonly used herb, but if you remember one thing about Hulu Ba, I would remember Shan disorder or hernia pain. So... Those are, that's our kind of subcategory of um, herbs that tonify kidney yang, but also strengthen tendon and bone. And so just remember that um, a lot of these can be used for strengthening tendon and bone due to deficiency or due to injury and trauma. And then remember that we had some of them that also calm restless fetus as well. So that's something to pay attention to. And then we add huluba, which is especially good for hernia pain. After that, we get into our herbs that warm spleen yang as well. So these enter the kidney channel and the spleen channel, especially for treating diarrhea and loose stools. So our first one is bugujur sorellii fructus. Bugujur sorellii fructus. And so this one, like we said, it tonifies both kidney yang and spleen yang. And like we said before, the spleen yang depends on kidney yang. So usually we talk about spleen yang as being a consequence of kidney yang deficiency. So this one, it's warming the, the kidney yang, but also warming spleen yang. So it tonifies kidney yang for cold and painful low back and knees, those things we talked about. Specialty here is that it warms spleen yang, especially for early morning diarrhea, coxcrow diarrhea, fifth watch diarrhea or watery diarrhea due to yang deficiency. You can maybe think here that on the one hand, um, because there's spleen yang deficiency, the spleen is not transforming the food, so we end up with loose stools. But it's also true that the kidney yang is deficient. It's not transforming the fluids, so those fluids are coming out, uh, coming out the back as well. So we, that's why you have watery diarrhea. Tonifies kidney essence, frequent urination, incontinence, premature ejaculation. And this is another one that helps kidney grasp lung chi for shortness of breath, wheezing, and asthma. So if we total it up, we have um, Gujie, Hutao Ren, and Bugu are now our herbs that tonify kidney yang to grasp lung chi. And so that's Bugu If if I were to remember one thing about this, um, I would remember, definitely remember that this is one that warms the spleen yang as well. It enters the spleen channel to treat this watery diarrhea. We're in this subsection of uh, tonifying spleen yang, and we do have formulas specifically for this purpose where bugu jir is a chief herb. Next is e jir ren alpinii oxyphili fructus. e jir ren Alpinii oxyphili fructus, and you can see this is another one that enters both the kidney and the spleen channels. 
So it tonifies kidney yang for all those things we talk about. Um, uh, frequent copious urination, incontinence, spermatorrhea, or leakage of essence. So it does warm the kidney yang, but it also warms the spleen yang. Again, for diarrhea, but also for vomiting, nausea. And this is a really interesting one, excessive saliva. So to me, this is just, a, it's a kind of a funny indication that this is good for excessive saliva or drooling. And so we could talk about that as a spleen deficiency, that the, the drool is, is a fluid that's leaking out due to spleen yang deficiency. So if you ever see something about uh, excessive saliva or drooling, I'm pretty sure Ejiren is the only herb that specifically has this function. So it's kind of a funny thing that stands out, might be something you wanna remember for a test. And so kind of related to this is the name. Uh, the name Ejiren means benefit intelligency. Um, so this is kind of not a nice thing to say. So when you say Ejiren, it doesn't actually increase your intelligence. If you're like, I want to get smarter, I'll take some Ejiren. That's not actually what they mean by this name. This name is actually referring to that thing of excessive saliva or drooling. And so kind of the idea, again, this is not a very nice thing to say, but uh, back, back, back then they would think that if a person had excess salivation or if a person was drooling, that meant they were dumb or they were unintelligent. So it's like a, you're a dumb drooling person. And so you'd give the, you give the person Ejiren, it would stop the drooling so you would appear more intelligent. So Ejiren doesn't actually increase your intelligence or make you smarter if you're trying to study. Ejiren, by its action of stopping drooling, it makes you look less stupid. So maybe that can help you remember the action of Ejiren and remember this uh, special indication of excessive saliva or drooling. So that's Ejiren. So those are just two herbs that enter the spleen channel and are especially good for diarrhea. And then finally, we have um, a group of herbs that we say it tonifies kidney and liver to consolidate essence. What, what we're saying here is that it almost like induces astringency to stop leakage. So these herbs are especially good for leakage conditions. So our first one is Tusitsa Cuscutai semen. Tusitsa Cuscutai semen. And so this one tonifies kidney yang, but especially for leakage conditions like frequent urination, incontinence, seminal emission, and premature ejaculation. So tonifying kidney yang and holding in the essence. This also uh, tonifies liver and kidney, two bright eyes for blurred vision, cloudy vision, loss of visual acuity. Again, when we talk about brightening the eyes, we say that there are three ways, uh, three ways to brighten the eyes. So we can clear wind heat to brighten eyes. We saw this with herbs like Sangye and Juhua, chrysanthemum flower. We can clear liver heat or subdue liver yang to brighten eyes. We saw this thing with things like Xia Kutsao and Jue Mingzo from the drain fire category. Or we can tonify yin, tonify blood to brighten eyes. Our most famous one for that is Gochitsa, goji berries, which we learned last time. Well, here now we have another one, Tusitsa, Cuscutai semen, which uh, tonifies liver and kidney to brighten eyes. So that's something you should definitely remember. This one, we can also say it uh, stops diarrhea for diarrhea due to spleen and kidney yang deficiency. The, so 
Here, if we wanted to talk about, if we wanted to name three herbs that are good for diarrhea, we could say bugujer, ejuren, and the third one, tusitsa. But notice this one doesn't enter the spleen channel. So for this action, I would say that bugujer and uh, ejuren are more famous for entering the spleen. Tusitsa, we also say it can maybe help with diarrhea due to spleen and kidney yang deficiency. And here we have another one that calms restless fetus to prevent miscarriage. Um, especially for a habitual miscarriage, like if a person, they, they have a history that they get pregnant, but then a couple months later they have a miscarriage and they know that's happened a couple times, we call that habitual miscarriage or threatened miscarriage. There's a lot of movement or kicking or bleeding, and we can say that there's a there's a threat of miscarriage. So tusitsa calms restless fetus, and that's tusitsa. Um, this one... The form that you'll see it in uh, is a couple different ways. So this is how I got my herb sample where they, it's, it's a bunch of little seeds, but they press it together in a cake. And basically the reason for this is Tusitsa cuscuta um, is, this is, a, it can grow into a vine, which is um, both invasive and parasitic. So basically like we worry about that if you were, if you were, uh, carrying this around and you drop the seeds, those seeds could grow, they could spread invasively, and they could actually kill the local plant life. And so because of this, um, they're very careful about the way they, they package this herb. So this is one way where they press it together in a cake instead of having loose seeds. I've also seen this, they give this to you in a tea bag that's already been uh, dosed out to nine grams, and you just put it in this tea bag. That way your seeds won't get loose and... Um, I'm thinking about that that episode of The Simpsons where Bart takes a frog to Australia and it um, proliferates and kills the local wildlife. You don't want that to happen with your tusitsa. Or another way I've seen this is they just grind it into a powder. And so they don't do that because you would ever take this as a powder or stir it in to dissolve as a powder. They're doing that because they don't want the seeds to germinate. So you might see tusitsa depending on your supplier. It might come in a different way come in different forms, but this is this is one of the ways where they'll press it into a cake. There's a name for that, and I don't remember the name for it, but you might see it a couple different ways. After that is Sha Yuanza, Astragli Complanati semen. Sha Yuanza, Astragli Complanati semen. Sha Yuanzi. This is astragalus seed. So earlier in the tonified chi category, we learned astragalus root. Huang Qi. This is the seed of that plant, Sha Yuanza, and it's in this category, herbs that tonify yang. Here, its specialty is that it tonifies kidney yang and secures essence for leakage conditions like premature ejaculation, urinary frequency, and vaginal discharge. So this one, at least when I was in school, this was not on the syllabus. Uh, that's why I don't have a picture for it. But it is on the NCCUM herb list, so it might be good to know this one. But basically, this comes up in one formula that we learn but it is the chief herb of that formula. And the name is Jinsuo uh, Gujing Wan. And it's it's specifically for um, leakage of essence. Um, and so Sha Yuanza, that's the function we should definitely remember is astragalus seed is for leakage of essence. And then it also has an action of brightening eyes or blurred vision or diminished visual acuity due to liver deficiency. So here we have another one, like we learned with two sitsa, they both brighten the eyes. So that's Sha Yuanza astragalus seed. So our last one is Zhe Chu Hominus Placenta. Zhe Chu Hominus Placenta. This is human placenta. Um, 
So basically, this tonifies everything. Again, we talk about certain animal parts are closer to humans, so they're very good for tonifying uh, chi blood essence. This one, it basically is human tissue, so it's good for tonifying everything. So we say it tonifies kidney yang and kidney essence for infertility, impotence, low libido, low back pain. It tonifies lung chi, so this is another one that can help the kidneys grasp the lung chi. So I think now we've learned four in this category. Um, Gujie is the most famous one, but also He Tao Ren, Bu Gu and now Zi He Chu. And then just tonifies qi and blood for everything, for emaciation, pallor, insufficient lactation. If you're, if you're lacking qi and blood, you don't have enough uh, qi and blood to produce breast milk. So by tonifying qi and blood, this can help promote lactation. So basically, this is, this is just a way that um, I think this has become a little bit more common in certain populations in the West that they'll, um, they'll, uh, take, uh, postpartum women will take human, will take placenta in order to, uh, help recover from the, the process of delivery. And so this is something that this is traditionally a substance in Chinese medicine. Um, I think there are, there are different, different ways you can take it now that there are different services that will encapsulate placenta, I think sometimes there's a legality issue where in certain states, the hospital, it's considered biohazardous waste. So they won't let you keep your placenta other places. You can do it. And there are there may be some people who offer services that they can uh, freeze dry it and encapsulate it. Or sometimes I think people traditionally they would just steam it and then cook it in a in a stew with lamb or something like that. But so this is it's it's human placenta. It's it's full of blood and essence, so it, it tonifies everything. So that's zhechu, something you probably wouldn't prescribe or necessarily to a to a patient who's not postpartum. Um, I'm not sure if there's there might be a thing in China on the black market where people are where people are selling their placentas to others, or there there might. There might even be people in the U.S. who do that. And then, then we worry about certain sanitary conditions, about bloodborne diseases and things like that. So I'm not sure this is a thing. Sometimes I think we just put this in there in there to know that um, this is a thing in, in TCM about uh, taking placenta. But Zuhuchu, I would just remember that it tonifies everything. So that's herbs that tonify the yang. So those are all the individual herbs. Like I said, this is a very large category. So hopefully we can just uh, group it together and talk about some of those key ish key points about uh, do these herbs treat respiratory problems? Do they treat reproductive issues? Do they strengthen tendon and bone? Do they t help with spleen yang and diarrhea? Or do they help hold in the essence? So I would think about them that way just because this is such a large, unwieldy category. So now after that, what I like to do is sometimes mention some formulas where these herbs come up. Again, this is not meant to be a formula class, but sometimes this just helps give some context about how these herbs are used and how they're combined with other herbs. This also gives us an opportunity to um, review some of the herbs that we've already learned. So let's take a look at just a few formulas. So one of them is Yogwewan, restore the right kidney pill. Yogwewan, restore the right kidney pill. And this is a very uh, straightforward formula for kidney yang deficiency. And so this is... This is kind of interesting. We have a restore the right kidney pill for kidney yang deficiency. We have a restore the left kidney pill for kidney yin deficiency. And this comes from a passage in the Nanjing where it talks about the right kidney holds the Ming men fire. So it holds the kidney yang, whereas the left kidney holds the, the 
is the true yin or the essence of the kidney. So with this right and left, that comes from a, a chapter of the Nanjing. But anyway, this is just for generalized kidney yang deficiency. So exhaustion from long-term illness. If you've been ill for a long term, for a long time, that eventually depletes your kidney. I want to say there's a Chinese there's a Chinese saying about this. I can't remember the Chinese, but it's um, uh, like jewel bing something shen, like long, long-standing illness eventually affects the kidney. Because again, the kidney is, is the root of all yin and yang. So any kind of illness you have, regardless of which part of the body it's attacking, if it's there long enough, it will eventually affect the kidney just because the kidney is the root of all yin and yang. So exhaustion from long-term illness, aversion to cold, cold in extremities. Again, this is yang deficiency, so you feel signs of coldness. Impotence, spermatorrhea, so those lower jaw issues, aching and weakness of the low back and knees. Again, the kidneys are in the low back, so they govern the low back. The kidney also governs the lower body and the knees. Fertility issues, loose stools, possibly with undigested food, so that early morning or fifth watch diarrhea or sloppy stools with undigested food. Incontinence, another type of edema of um, leakage. And then edema in the lower extremities. The kidney is supposed to transform the fluids. So if the kidney yang is deficient, the kidney will fail to transform the fluids and it will get edema, especially edema in the lower body because the kidney governs the lower jowl. So this is the thing, if we have edema in the face and upper body, we could say that's a lung issue. If we have edema around the middle, we sometimes call that drum distension. We could say that's edema due to middle jowl deficiency. If we have edema in the lower body, we tend to blame that on the kidneys. So anyway, Yogwewan is a, a basic formula for kidney yang deficiency. And you can see here we start out with Futsa and Rogwei. Those are the herbs that we learn from the warm the interior category. So Futsa is aconite, Rogwei is cinnamon bark. And so these, in, in warming the interior, these were especially useful for warming the kidney. And so here we see it show up in the formula for kidney yang deficiency with signs of coldness. So that's something, it's very common for these two herbs to show up. Then you can see that we have some herbs from the category we learned here. So we have lu jiao jiao, the deer antler gelatin. Um, and this is another one because it's a gelatin, you melt it in at the end. You don't cook it with decoction. Tu Sitsa was our cuscutai seed. And Du Zhong is another one that we learned here. It's especially good for strengthening the back. This is the one that looks like rubber. So we have those warming herbs that warm the interior. We combine it with herbs that tonify kidney yang. Notice we also have Shanyao in here. Um, Dioscoria rhizoma, Shanyao is mountain yam or Chinese yam. So remember Shanyao, it has this action of tonifying middle jiao qi, but remember it also had an action of securing kidney essence. So when we're dealing with these leakage things like spermatorrhea or incontinence, Shanyao not only helps the spleen, it also enters a kidney channel and is good for leakage. So remember that was one of our actions of Shanyao in the tonified qi category. And then we have other herbs, Shudi Huang and Go Chitsa. We put these in the category herbs that tonify blood, but remember, both of these have a, a good action of tonifying yin as well. So Shudi Huang, prepared Ramanya root, tonifies blood, but also tonifies yin. Go Chitsa also has an action of tonifying yin. Some books put it in the yin category. And just the idea here is, like we said, we don't want to just tonify yang. Whenever we tonify yang, we want to make sure that we tonify yin as well. Otherwise, it's like this fire is burning out of control. There's no substance to anchor it down. That if we just tonify yang, we'll end up with heat signs. Um, so here, this is an example in the formula that this is a this is all for tonifying yang, 
but we do add in some herbs that tonify yin as well because we need to take care of both at the same time. So here's an example of that idea in action with Yogwei Wan, restore the right kidney pill. But again, here we see some of our kidney yang tonifying herbs as well. Arshiantong, this is one I was talking about, the two immortal decoction. Uh, Arshiantong, two immortal decoction. And so the traditional way we can say this is this is for kidney yin and yang deficiency with fire flaring up. That's kind of the traditional way we think of it. But um, really, this was a formula that was developed in the 1950s where they were trying to combine traditional ideas with modern research. And so really, this they were developing this formula specifically for symptoms of menopause, especially hypertension during menopause. So they wanted a formula that could treat this. So, so hypertension, menstrual irregularities, hot flashes, sweating, nervousness, fatigue. So again, a lot of these uh, symptoms of menopause are kind of like kidney yin deficiency with heat flaring up, or it's very common that we have both kidney yin and yang deficiency at the same time. So you can see our two ingredients here are xian mao and yin yang huo. These are the two immortals. So xian mao was Immortal grass, yin yang huo, horny goat weed, also goes by the name xian ling pi, immortal spirit spleen. So that's why we have the, the two there. You can see here we also have ba ji tian from this category. And then over there, notice that we also have huang bai and jiramu. So huang bai we learned in the damp heat category. Jiramu and morena we learned in the uh, drain fire category. And if you remember what these two herbs have in common is that Besides clearing excess heat, they also clear deficiency heat as well. So Huang Pai plus Jirmu is a very important Dui Yao for clearing deficiency heat. So when you have that um, deficiency with fire flaring up, it's the Huang Bai and the Jirmu that are help clearing that deficiency heat. So that's a good thing to remember, especially if you have a test like Yirens or Boards coming up. It's probably good to know that Huang Bai and Jirmu as a pair are good for clearing deficiency heat. And here's an example of it being used in a formula. Si Shen Wan is for miracle pill. Si Shen Wan for miracle pill. And this is one is specifically for coxcrow diarrhea or early morning diarrhea. So we say diarrhea that occurs daily just before sunrise, lack of interest in food and inability to digest what's eaten because you have this kidney and spleen yang deficiency. Because you're not transforming the food, you just don't want to eat more. And then sore back with cold limbs, a sign of kidney yang deficiency, fatigue and lethargy, again, um, kidney yang deficiency. When we look at the tongue, it's um, pale with a thin white coat because of yang deficiency, makes the tongue pale. The pulse is slow, submerged or deep and forceless, so it's slow, deep and weak because of yang deficiency. So here, um, so basically the, the point here is this is a uh, Cox crow diarrhea due to spleen yang deficiency. Our chief herb here is bugu jur, sorelii semen. So that's why I definitely remember that bugu jur is good for diarrhea due to spleen yang deficiency because it's a chief herb and a, an important formula. We'll learn si shen wan, four miracle pill, bugu jur, spleen yang deficiency, diarrhea. Next we have jin suo gu jin wan, metal lock pill to stabilize essence. Jin suo gu jin wan. So jin means metal, like when we talk about the five phases, wood, fire, earth, metal, water. Jin means metal. Suo, again, means lock. Like we said with suo yang, means locking yang. Well, here it's coming up, metal lock pill to stabilize essence. 
And then also just don't get confused here. Sometimes when people see the word gene metal, they, they think of the lung. This formula is not actually for the lung. It's just that the lock is so strong that it's made of metal or made of gold. But anyway, um, this formula is it stabilizes kidney and binds up semen or it secures kidney essence to stop leakage. So for chronic spermatorrhea, but then also impotence, fatigue, weakness, sore and weak load, all these other signs of um, kidney yang deficiency. Anyway, this is a formula that's specifically for leakage of essence or spermatorrhea, nocturnal emission, things like that. I, I once had a, a patient like that, that where he was, he was still relatively young. I want to say he was in his late 20s, but he said he did have this problem where he would have wet dreams once per week. And it's, it's sort of a thing where some amount of nocturnal emission might be, might be considered normal when you're going through puberty, but at this age... It seemed a little bit unusual, and especially because of the frequency, it was a little bit unusual. And it was something that, to him, it, it was annoying, and he was very embarrassed about it. So he wanted he wanted something to do for it. So we gave him this formula, Jin Suo Gu Jingwan, and within a week, it, it cleared up. He said, oh, yeah, this stopped, and it never came back. Um, anyway, the chief herb here is Sha Yuanza, the um, astragalus semen, um, the, the seed of Huang Qi. And so this is the one one formula where you learn it. So for Sha Yuanza, I would definitely remember uh, stopping leakage and holding in essence. These other ones are herbs that we'll learn later in the semester that also have an action of um, stabilize and bind or inducing astringency to stop leakage. But Sha Yuanza is here in the kidney yang tonifying category. So those are just a few formulas. Um, that um, can maybe help us understand some of these herbs because again this is a long category so here we do have this summary of all the herbs if you want you can go through these but really i would look at this chart for reviewing herbs at tonify kidney young it's just such a long category so um, i would use this chart that we um, that was inspired by the chart in the end of the chapter from chen and chen's uh, chinese herbology and pharmacology and so again, we we kind of group these together and reorder them so the different the order is different than what you see in Bensky. But so Lu Rong Deer Antler, this is the one that it's very it's our most powerful kidney yang tonic, and it also tonifies um, essence, blood, and strengthens the bone. So that again, this is like the deer antlers are regrowing; they have that regenerative aspect. So it's very good. We're tapping into that regenerative power that we're not just tonifying kidney yang; we're also uh, tonifying or stabilizing the ren and the chong to help with reproductive issues. We're tonifying the dumai, according to Bensky, or we're tonifying essence to either help with delay syndrome or um, help with premature aging. So Lu Rong, because it's like a bone that's growing, it's just very powerful in that in tonifying all those things. Then we have some herbs that um, tonify uh, that are good for respiratory issues like coughing and wheezing. So Gujie and He Tao Ren, we said that they have an action of uh, helping the lungs grasp or helping the kidneys grasp lung qi or helping with qi absorption. With Dong Chong Sha Tao, it also goes to the lung, but at least according to the Bensky, this is more for tonifying lung yin and directing rebellious qi downward, but they all have this action. And remember that um, He Tao Ren uh, also moistens large intestine 
uh, to relieve constipation just because it's a nut. It has a lot of oils in it. And then we get into our ones that are good for reproductive issues. So I might remember that Rotsong Rong also has an action of moistening the large intestine uh, to relieve constipation. Um, and then uh, remember Yin Yang Huo is uh, horny goat weed, so it's especially good for uh, libido and things like that. Yin Yang Huo and Xian Mao are two immortal, so they also have this action of helping uh, high blood pressure. And then we just have this group that's also good for treating bee syndrome due to wind cold damp. After that, we have a group of herbs that are good for strengthening tendon and bone. So Du Zhong is a sp uh, very famous for strengthening the low back. So Du Zhong, one of our most famous ones for low back pain. And then we had a, a few herbs that all sound like mending bones. So Shu Duan was reconnect the broken. Gu Bu was bone fracture mender. Goji was dog spine. So these all have an action of strengthening tendon and bone. So that could be tendon and bone issues due to deficiency, like you got old and your kidney yang is waning. Or it could be tendon and bone issues due to injury trauma, both of those. And then just remember that some of these uh, calm restless fetus, both Du Zhong and Shu Duan, calm restless fetus. And Huluba, I would remember hernia or Shan disorder. After that, we have a couple herbs that are good for spleen yang deficiency. So Bugujur, especially good for uh, cox crow diarrhea, like in the formula Sushenwan, Ijirwan, uh, Ijiren, also tonifies spleen, especially for excessive saliva or drooling. Then we have some herbs that are good for stopping leakage. So Tusitsa and Shaoyuanza stop leakage. They also have an action of brightening the eyes. And Zihuchu is another one that just it tonifies everything. So you can either you can either take some placenta or some some uh, deer antler if you want to tonify everything. So that was our category herbs that tonify yang. So what we've been doing here is in this series we've been going very in depth in our in our herbs. Uh, this is very good if you're if you're in herbology class right now and you're trying to learn learn these herbs or you're seeing this information for the first time, if you're coming up on your first year end exam or if you're studying for um, uh, other year ends or boards, maybe you want to review all the herbs a little bit more quickly. For that, I do have an online uh, a review course on Teachable. It's $49 right now. And that just goes over all the herbs and it's just hitting on these key key functions of each herb. So instead of taking an hour and a half per category or two hours per category, it just hits on those key functions. There's a lot of practice tests, a lot of handouts, a lot of flashcards. There's some bonus um, bonus things about uh, Shang Han Lun Wen Bing stuff. There's some bonus sections about the secondary functions of herbs where we talk about all the herbs that brighten the eyes, all the herbs that calm restless fetus, things like that. There's also some, uh, I just made a handout about herb quality criteria, which is something apparently people have been getting on nationals. So if you want to review all the herbs in a very quick manner, check out the uh, herb review course available on Teachable. We'll put a link to that below. As always, thank you to the Patreon members for supporting the website, the YouTube channel, and everything I do. This wouldn't be possible without your support, so thank you for um, thank you to all the Patreons for supporting the channel. If you want to join them in, in their support, you can join the Patreon. There's a link to that below. Lately, I've been doing this, uh, this weekly series called TCM Talks, so if you don't get enough uh, TCM information and you want some, some extra videos, sign up for the Patreon. It'll support the channel, and you'll also get some access to some uh, uh, exclusive, an exclusive series of videos called TCM Talks. 
uh, thanks for being here. I'm glad this didn't take three hours. I was really worried about this category that would take for, forever, but thanks for making it through here with me. Uh, in the next one, we'll go over our final tonifying category, which is herbs that tonify yin. So I'll see you in that one. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time.